0: You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan.
1: Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Manning on fourth down. Manning pulls the trigger.
0: One on one. Lewis,
1: oh, incredible!
0: Roger Lewis. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan
1: how's it going this lovely monday night are you done booing and throwing things at your tv like all the other fools out there in giant land or are you a rational
0: fan i i'm neither um i am exhausted though i mean this is like keeping on top of the draft like this and you know having a reaction to everything and answering questions and that sort of thing is a lot of work i mean that was like essentially my whole weekend right there yeah,
1: well, it's one of those things, Rump, where you know, reactions and the boring answer is the right answer. Where you shouldn't overreact or underreact at all right now. You know, it's just if there are some guys that you truly liked in, playing in college or something, and you're happy there. We were we drafted them, and we're going to get them. That's good. But I guarantee you, 99% of this listening audience and the people that are Giant fans don't watch. Even the amount of film you do, much less what scouts and GMs do, and to all of a sudden freak out, its, it's it still boggles my mind.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously. I enough people saying that they had never heard of Dexter Lawrence is already
1: – Well, if you if you don't know who Dexter Lawrence is, you really – you shouldn't even <laughs> you know have an opinion. But it's just uh, – it's just crazy. I don't know. I'm just sick of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well – um, You know, I I tweeted something today and, you know, we're going to kind of recap the draft a little bit since, you know, we did a first round reaction because it was such a big round. And there's so many moves, so much to talk about that it deserved a full episode to itself. Um, yeah. I can't remember the last time the Giants had three draft picks in the first round. I don't know if it ever happened.
1: I, I don't think it's been in 20 years at least, I think. I think I, I did read something when they did, but it was – not any time in the recent history.
0: Yeah. So that, that deserved its own episode. But, you know, um, we, we're just kind of talking about the justification of picking Daniel Jones, right? Um, I don't think really anything has to be justified other than we liked what we saw from him the best. We didn't yeah. want him to get away. So we drafted him as soon as we could. I think I that's think good enough of an explanation. Ex-
1: it's good enough for me. I mean, the, the thing is that I think people all of a sudden, you know, everybody out there is a fantasy football you know, player and they all think they're GMs. And they all think everybody's looking off of the same mock draft list that you're looking at. And the bottom line is, I think people overvalue and overemphasize value picks than getting the guys you want, the guys you feel are the best fit for your team. I mean, we said this on the uh, on the draft night show that you know the other GMs every there's 32 different boards and nobody sees their boards, mm-hmm. and you know you can have a sense that you think that Washington might be taking Jones or or may not be taking him, but at the end of the day, worrying about having a value draft is only important as getting the guys you want to get. So. If that's the guy that, you know, they thought was the the highest ranked quarterback on their board and they ranked quarterback as one of the highest needs on this team and they're comfortable with the guy they got, take him. And yeah. you know, no it doesn't mean your board's right, it doesn't mean their boards are wrong. It's just, you know, what you think.
0: I don't want to sound holier than thou when I say this. Uh, so I mean, as an example, I you know, some years back, you know, predating this podcast by a couple of years I lambasted the the Cowboys for selecting Travis Frederick in the first round because, you know, while he was a good center in college, I don't think any mock draft had him going higher than the top of the third frame. They took him in the first. Well, who cares? He's one of the best centers in the league now. You know, it's not like they missed out on much. And, you know, lo and behold, they have one of the best offensive lines in the league too. So they're, they're built to win, and he's a big part of that. Uh, you know, yeah. who gives a shit? So,
1: And here's the thing. I'm going to make two other points, too. One, this whole notion that this is going to define Gettleman's job and his career with the Giants is absurd. You think so? I think it is. I mean, you know, if he drafted, you know, let's say uh, we had Kyler Murray and he's a bust in the first pick. Is is he, you know, does he lose his job because Kyler Murray becomes a bust? I mean… I don't think one individual draft pick, no matter where it is, sets a team back for years and years like people are making it out to be.
0: Well I'll say this. He's done enough, Gettleman, that is somewhat questionable to hang his hat on the last two drafts together. You know, passing on Sam Darnold and taking Saquon Barkley instead and then taking Daniel Jones six overall. You know, if Sam Darnold has like a career year or career year. If he if he starts to make himself a nice good career over uh you know in Florham Park versus Daniel Jones has some serious struggles. You know, we still can't figure out what to do with quarterback. We got a running back who then we can't afford to pick up, you know, his his uh his first big contract after that. I think there's enough there to really put his job in jeopardy. Because those are two uh. critical decisions he, he chose to pass on some good-looking quarterback prospects and then take one that he felt was good and that a lot of people and and admittedly I'm not saying that people with any sort of opinion I just mean you know from a from a standpoint where you look at it a lot of people didn't think much of Daniel Jones he did you combine the two choices if things fail sure I mean I think there's enough to put his job in jeopardy
1: mm I don't know I, I just think it, it's I think I think it puts a bullseye on the fans, you know, what they think, but I don't think, you know, people were generally happy with the draft last year. People I think are pretty generally happy with other than the Jones pick this year. I don't think that, you know, the one pick and, that, and this is also not the only opportunity to get a quarterback. I mean, even though they drafted Daniel Jones this year, that's not mean they're committed to this guy forever. If they become, if they get in the situation next year, for example, if, let's say we have three wins and we have the number two pick in the draft, that does not mean we're not t- not taking a quarterback next year.
0: I guess that's fair, yeah.
1: I mean, the one thing you should always do as a GM, as a coach, as anything, is allow yourself outs and allow yourself, as the situation dictates, to reassess and make a move. I mean, look what Arizona just did. They drafted a first round pick last year, quarterback they felt good with, but the opportunity to get the number one overall pick in the draft, the situation changed and they reassessed and say we have a chance to upgrade from what they had then. And I think that was wise of them to do. Now next year, if again, if all you people out there that think Eli Manning is, you know, finished and washed up and you know, this team sucks and if we end up going let's say we're four and twelve again next year or something, or even worse and we had the opportunity to get to draft it to or draft it from or something. Don't think there won't be some discussions in, uh, you know, in, in the, uh, in the, in the giants front office about, you know, whether they take another quarterback again. So don't think just because they drafted him this year, this is the only opportunity ever to get a quarterback short or long term on this team.
0: I, yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, I just kinda of wanna point something out about Daniel Jones. Because uh, you know, I guess he's goofy looking and a lot of a lot of the conversation around him was that he played at Duke, there was a, a little bit of Dave Brown comparison just for that That's stupid com- reason.
1: It's completely stupid. It is.
0: Um there's also the the uh Cutcliffe, you know, comparison. Uh a lot of that stuff was was talked about and then there was sort of the Drew Locke or or Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, who's the best quarterback in the draft. I think it went unnoticed that he had a sneaky good combine. I mean he threw the ball well. He ran a four seven forty. That's that's pretty damn fast. Faster than me. Which I, I, <laughs> I I'm pretty sure I could beat Eli Manning in a race. I don't know about Daniel Jones. I don't think so. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, again, it's just, you know, it's the combination of everything which you say, you know, you fall in love with a quarterback like uh, Gettleman said he fell in love with him, whether it's, you know, football IQ, the way he answered questions, the way he handles himself. You know, it's tough to tell looking at numbers what you do in a place like Duke. But, you know, Jay Cutler played at Vanderbilt, which is worse than Duke. You think so?
0: Yeah. It's an SEC school. It's tough for competition.
1: Yeah, but they also didn't have an offense that was like really an SEC. They they used to just run the ball all the time. It was – true. That Vanderbilt team was worse than even this Duke team I think is now. I think think the ACC as a whole has more talent than it did 20 years ago. It's not in the same class as the SEC or the Big Ten or something, but the, the quality is better. It doesn't say, mean that Duke was a good team, and I think that the numbers are reflected by the fact he had a very bad offensive line and very bad skill position players. But you know, they you know they did their scouting, they did their analysis, and really, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you think at this point. He's your quarterback. Well, and, and the situation changes going forward with it, you know, a future draft. pick.
0: You know what I was saying before about you know Gettleman trying to justify his pick and he's saying all sorts of different things about knowing for a fact that two other teams had him high and how I don't need any of that i think I think people would be generally more okay with this if Dave Gettleman were just less of an arrogant douche when he talked. you know what I mean like it's just got a very smartest guy in the room attitude when he talks to the media and like you know, from my standpoint, I know anything that a GM or a coach is talking about to the media is mostly bullshit anyway. But, you know, other people don't think that way. And I think that's part of where the backlash is, right? I
1: think the backlash, you know, the first thing started with last year with taking the quarterback, uh, taking the running back over the quarterback. I think that kind of starts that snowball effect Yeah. of, you know, yes. you know, I don't understand why we did that then. And then it seems, you know, from the naked eye, it seems like. You know, they just took a quarterback. It was kind of a panicky pick by taking him. So it, it's not one particular thing. It's several things that start snowballing, mm. and then uh, then you get to the point when people go like, you know, you're right. Then he acts like a, an, an arrogant prick on these things, and uh, that's where you come up with this with this thing. Again, if do you think there would have been this much of a backlash if they would have drafted Haskins sixth,
0: I, I do don't think, it, think so. No, I think there's. Generally speaking, most people just heard he was better. His stats are much better, so it's easier to just look at without really looking and say that he's a good pick.
1: Do you think there'd be more of a backlash if he was picked with one of the other two first-round picks instead of sixth? If they said they, they sandaled on Daniel Jones with the 17th pick and he's going to be the future quarter of the franchise? You think people have a different opinion about him than just where he was picked?
0: I think slightly. I think it alters it. Yeah. I think it lessens and dampens the uh, the backlash. But I think ultimately people just didn't want him. I think they, they just read what they read. You know, there are legitimate concerns about what Daniel Jones does and doesn't do well. But, you know, we've highlighted countless times over the past couple of months that really Kyler Murray is the only surefire guy. And, you know, nobody's surefire, but he was the only one that did just about everything well. I don't and I don't think he's a surefire guy. Well nobody is a surefire yeah,
1: guy. Exactly. I mean, I don't think he's a guy like an Andrew Luck who's coming out like that guy's gonna be a good NFL quarterback. Sure, yeah. Uh huh. You know. I mean, even last year, you know, a lot of those quarterbacks I didn't think were surefire guys. I didn't think, you know. So I mean it, it's it's really just kind of if you think the guy is the best fit for your system and you know, where you are right now as an organization and None of us on the outside know that.
0: Sure. So 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 where does Daniel Jones fit in this team on this roster right now?
1: I think right now he's the third quarterback. Okay. I think uh I I I think they'll you know I guess it depends on what they want to do with the rest of the you know the quarterback room from last year, if anybody's coming back or not. Or I mean, does Kyle Aletta have any place on this team anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, remember we did use what did we use a fourth round pick on him last year? Yep. And what did we use the year before for um, for Dave, what's his name?
0: Davis Webb was a third, I believe.
1: So that means it's a third round and a fourth round pick that basically would go to waste. But you know something, though, to be very fair, was I just said five minutes ago? Situation changed. Yeah. I mean, Davis Webb was drafted as a potential to replace Eli. Situation changed. New regime came in. They drafted Kyle Aletta. Kyle Aletta was not brought in here to be a backup quarterback. He was brought in with a, you know the potential that they thought maybe Davis Webb didn't have to be the heir apparent. And guess what? The situation changed with a number six draft pick. Yeah. So.
0: I'm not really sure uh, who's two and who's three, but I think Loretta stays. I think he has a lot of the traits they like and his mobility, you know, is able to keep his eyes downfield while on the move. I think that's kind of what Pat Shermer values. It's what he's building this offense around and, uh, you know, decently accurate. That's a, that's an understatement. Accurate thrower. You know, they both had limitations in their arm strength in different ways. Uh Daniel Jones can definitely push the ball downfield but he has a little trouble firing lasers to the outside. You know, not so much kind of the exact opposite problem with Kyle Loletta. He really throws real arcs deep. Um mm. but you know, who's 2 who's 3, I don't think it even really matters. But 2020 we we think that Daniel Jones is probably a starter, right?
1: I would absolutely think they're preparing him to be the starter in 2020.
0: Okay. The 17th pick, the Giants picked uh, Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. It was reported that they were trying to move up. Uh, The thought is that they wanted Christian Wilkins, I think. Um, Either way, they didn't move up. They got Dexter Lawrence big, strong, nasty. Uh, People have pigeonholed him as a zero-tech. That is not true. He's not just a nose tackle. If you've watched any Clemson film and you have no reason not to if you call yourself any level of evaluator – he played everywhere from the five technique into the zero. Um, he's really good at congesting the middle of the defense against the run, and he just simply walks linemen backwards in pass plays. And additionally, I think he's really smart. He's really good at reading offenses. You know, the, the amount of time he spent as a starter for Clemson has, uh, you know, helped him recognize screen plays and things like that. Um, and he's insanely any- strong. I mean, really.
1: Well, any concerns for you for the PEDs? Issues.
0: Nah. That was like his freshman year, wasn't it? No,
1: it was this year in the, uh, he
0: didn't play in the playoff. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I don't know. You know, I think, I think college is a little bit like the wild west in some ways. And who they choose to test, who they don't, you know, I think a lot of people could get busted. The NFL is a little different. You know, there's, there are, guys whose whole job it is, is to make sure his players are doing the right thing, you know?
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's still kind of, you know,
0: especially it's in not, college, not a concern, but it's yeah. not a major concern for yeah, me. Yeah.
1: That's what I was asking. You know, what kind of, how, how high of a concern is it to you? Because it, I mean, it does to me is a little bit of a positive concern of a maturity level and just a sense of, uh, responsibility. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's, I'm not going to say. And there's been other guys that have, you know, that's had that issue, and it just goes away, and you never worry about it ever again.
0: Yeah, of course. So. It's it, it's minimal concern for me, and, and I'm positive that the Giants did their due diligence on something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's really interesting about him, for for everybody who thinks that he's a, just kind of like a big slow nose tackle, he ran a five o five forty. At the combine. At three hundred and forty pounds. That's still probably faster than me. <laughs> That's faster than
1: my two thousand pound car. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he posted thirty six bench reps, which is insane. Maybe this this guy is we want this guy, trust me, in the in the defensive line rotation. And speaking yeah. of which, where do you think he is on the roster? I think
1: he's a starter in day
0: one. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I
1: think I think you're building up a nice little rotation and you know Gethelman had said before the draft that he was a little he wanted some tougher guys up front he was not you know fully convinced that you know what they had was you know, is defensive equivalent of Hogmalley's
0: Yeah and and you know this is something that the Giants have just started building you know a 3-4 defense generally calls for a little bit of a different skill set out of your defensive lineman um and, uh, you know, acquiring Snacks and then pairing them up with Dalvin Tomlinson is one thing. Uh, but then, you know, B.J. Hill was Gettleman's draft pick, and he he exploded onto the scene last year. Now you've got the three of them there with Tomlinson and Dexter Lawrence and B.J. Hill. I think that that's a really solid, fearsome front of of guys. I, I mean, I, I don't really... If I had to do advanced work on a scouting game against it, I don't even know what I would say about how to eliminate that. They're all really quick, twitchy, big guys that are pretty good at pushing the pile, so
1: um, The interesting thing is going to be, and we're going to talk about it a little later, is you know what kind of help are they getting on the edge?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that, that was kind of the glaring thing, right? In the first round, no edge guys whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They did get DeAndre Baker from Georgia. Um, my opinion, the best corner of the draft. Had a sketchy combine, pretty rough. But, I mean, the film to me doesn't lie. The combine, I've always said, does nothing to help you, only does stuff to hurt you or, right. you know, verify what you've already seen on film. I, I my, The film on this guy is, is remarkable. Um, he plays in the toughest conference in college football. And uh, he, he his his film work shows that he's elite.
1: Well, I mean, we made a definite push to strengthen the secondary. I mean, how many corners did we take? Three, three. Yeah. I mean, I that reminds me of, like the Will Allen Will Peterson year when they drafted the two corners in the first round. I mean, they that's a that's a significant investment in the secondary this year.
0: I mean, it's more than significant. It's a huge investment. Yeah. I mean, it, it tells
1: me that the Norris Jenkins era is going to end pretty soon. Um, now th- that that pretty soon means it could be like, you know, a purge around the, the, tra- the trade deadline like last year. It could mean cut after next year, maybe even cut during training camp.
0: Here's what I'm going to say uh, we're, we're skipping around a little bit, but, um, the Giants drafted in the supplemental draft Sam Beal from Western Michigan. The third, they traded up to 30th overall this year to get DeAndre Baker in the fourth round at 108th overall. They selected Julian Love, corner from Notre Dame, and then in the sixth round at uh, 180th overall, they picked Corey Ballantyne out of Washburn. That's that's a significant amount of corners that they've picked up in the last, you know, 12 months. That being Uh, said, I'm not going to say that Corey Ballantyne or Julian Love are pushing Janoris Jenkins for a roster spot, and since Sam Beal is such a complete unknown coming from a smaller school, I'm not really thinking he's pushing him for a roster spot either. Like you said, at the trade deadline, if this team is doing really poorly, or if these guys and or if these guys are showing that they really deserve starting time, yeah, I could see Janoris Jenkins being moved then, but overall being that uh, the 2019 season. He's on for 2019-2020 for about 10 million dollar base salary. I think that this coming year is Janoris Jenkins. Last year, barring any sort of real true pro- push for a Super Bowl the next year.
1: Yeah. Uh, just a temperature check. Where is uh, Beal? It is. You know, is he healthy? 100 healthy now? Is he ready to compete? Is he? What, what's his
0: story? I I mean, I'm not totally sure, but I'm almost positive that I heard that he was uh going to be fine for training camp and everything not even training camp whatever the spring OTAs OTAs okay yeah um so i mean that i mean we could just talk about that i mean who in that group of in the in the secondary is starting i mean to me i'm thinking that you have Janoris Jenkins on one side and you have DeAndre Baker on the other Sam Beal maybe comes in but uh, you know Julian Love given his height and you know the way he plays, I just think is more generally suited to the slot. I think Corey Ballantyne is a huge jump in competition coming from Washburn, which, by the way, still don't know where that school is.
1: Uh, it's in Kansas.
0: Okay, well, there you go. I mean, it's...
1: I mean, it's it's been in the news a lot the last couple of days, <laughs> so unfortunately.
0: Yeah, so Corey Ballantyne, you know, I actually don't know the story very much. I, I kind of read through it. I saw the good news part of it, and I moved on uh, just because mm. I was exhausted, but – Shooting happened, and his roommate was murdered, and he was injured in some way in the shooting. But in the way injured,
1: injured but not seriously, not life threatening, and not football you know threatening. So
0: it's in no way. I mean, he's he will be at OTAs on Thursday. We've already heard. Yes. So I mean, do you know any more of the story? I mean, not really.
1: I mean, I really. I wasn't digging into the the details for it. I just was making sure everybody was okay and everything. So,
0: yeah. um, and they're not. So, I mean, it's pretty yeah. tragic. And you know, hopefully, yeah. mentally he can recover. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I I can't really tell you if I had witnessed the murder of my friend how I would react.
1: So. <laughs> Probably not good. Yeah. I would say.
0: Yeah, I, I I just you know I don't see. I I like the pick. You know, I didn't do much scouting on him. I I'm not gonna lie. I've done I did zero scouting on him before the draft. Um, I watched some stuff since then, and you know I've read some things of other people who I I trust. Uh, is a good pick. I mean, a lot of people had a fourth round grade on him. We got him in the sixth. I, I I would say that's the smart thing to do. Uh, you know whether he plays on the outside or the inside. I would think he's gonna play on the outside. But you have a healthy rotation of defensive backs now. Um he also did some specials work, some returns, which is something this roster has been sorely missing. Right. Um but again, you know, these guys even DeAndre Baker I think is it's it's rough to to draft a guy and throw him right into a starting role, you know. I don't think we have much of a choice, but to 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 think that we're just going to let go of Jenkins and throw Baker and oh. Beal out there.
1: Oh, it's not. They're not going to cut him. I mean, I'd be shocked. I'd be surprised, but not completely shocked if he was cut before as a as a training camp cutdown. I mean, I don't think there's a need from a salary cap perspective to do that, um, unless he does something where his attitude is not becoming of the Giants and they decide they want to just cut bait with him.
0: Yeah.
1: Which no, we I, did. We heard rumblings about that last year that his attitude was kind of waning as they kind of fell out of contention. So.
0: Which is interesting because he was the one that wasn't moved and seemed like one of the more marketable ones. I mean, certainly more marketable than Olivier Vernon, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, at least from a production standpoint. I mean, he's not far removed from having a Pro Bowl year. Right. Yeah. So,
1: How comfortable were you with the packaging of picks to move up?
0: You know, it seemed like a lot, and, and we kind of covered this on our draft reaction. I, I, I wasn't happy with it, but to think that we got Baker and we gave up picks that I already knew were going to get traded anyway, um, a fourth and a fifth, when we had two fours and three fives, I, I, I yeah, it sucked, and, and a lot of guys went in the second that you'd like to have, but, you know, we were really worried about that corner depth and like mm-hmm. we know that Jenkins has only got two more years left in his contract 2019 2020 you know there was a really really thin part of this roster and you know we're just sort of penciling in Sam Beal at that point to start opposite him we have no idea how that's going to go right um,
1: i mean really we don't know any more about him than we do that anybody we just drafted you know over the weekend Sure. at this point I yeah mean, exactly how much how much time has he really had in the building since he has been a giant well, I mean, being, his you know, first hurt. practice,
0: he got hurt. So.
1: Yeah, first practice, and that was it for the year. I mean, is he,
0: it, you
1: know, any of the voluntary stuff or anything? Has he been in the building since the season's ended or anything? Doing anything?
0: I, I'm not. I don't. I don't really know. I don't, I know, don't know what know. voluntary stuff really. I mean, they're not allowed to talk football for a certain portion of time, like coaches yeah. and players. So, yeah. I mean, his his you know general drills and whatever he decides to do in his free time would be unofficial anyway. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I is it a lot to give up? Certainly um some mathematician out there said it was seventy four percent more than what it was worth or something like that. But again, this goes down to see a guy there, you go get him. And yeah. you know, DeAndre if, Baker not only filled a need, but the best corner in the draft fell because of a bad combine.
1: It's, if these guys are on your list and these guys are you know, that's why they have boards and you know the disciplined GMs go by their boards.
0: Yeah, so I was I was lukewarm about it, but given what we got, I'm okay with it. I don't how did you feel? Uh, you know,
1: I've really in the last couple of years and really with this draft in particular, I think it might have been colored by the the first round, just kind of if these are the guys they want, I, I, I'm not valuing I value value, but I don't overvalue value. I value getting the guys you want. And if they make their analysis and their evaluations If these are the guys we want, we go get them. And, you know, did they give up too many picks to get them? Maybe, maybe not. But they got the guys that they wanted.
0: Boy, that was – you said (laughs) value a lot there.
1: I know. I I value using the word value a lot, but (laughs) (laughs) I just just think people went overboard just in their – you know, how much they freaked out about the draft as a whole by saying, you know, they could have got this guy here and – could have been here but when nobody
0: knows. Nobody knows that, yeah. Sudden- I I dislike that a lot, especially when you're talking about a difference of seven picks there. Like, oh, he would have been there or you know, ten picks when it comes to Daniel Jones. Like that's a very small margin. You mm-hmm. don't know you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um so, so O'Shane Ziminus. Uh, the first edge rusher we took, the only edge rusher we took from old dominion. Uh, you know, I didn't cover him much when we went over edge guys, but it was mainly because he was more raw and came from a smaller school, but that didn't mean that he was bad. Um, I like his, the way he gets off the ball and makes a first move on the tackle is, is really imposing. Uh, and he's got good upper body strength to kind of hand fight his way through tackles. um, and the one thing I noticed the most is that he has really good motor. You know, he may not get to the quarterback immediately, but he's constantly fighting to get there. You will see him make a sack when the quarterback is flushed out of the pocket and things like that. He's he's like a raw lump of clay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to be able to mold him into a uh, much more refined tackling machine, you know? <laughs>
1: I like the I like the uh the analysis on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: you know, I, I where I see him this year, uh, sub packages. He'll he'll probably come in on, on like the third and seventeens, the third and fifteens. They'll find some sort of weird NASCAR package of, you know, Marcus Golden, Lorenzo Carter, him, you know, maybe B J Hill, maybe Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, you know, just something to like really throw the kitchen sink at the quarterback. Well,
1: the one thing they are starting to build on this roster is some depth that they can start doing things like this, where you're not seeing how we had two years ago, you know, you know the, the, far, the, the starting defensive line was in 95% of the snaps and getting worn out in games and as the season went along. Oh, now yeah. They start, now they can start building, you know, you know, specific packages and they can start more of a rotation that they had previously.
0: I think the best Giants team I saw in my lifetime was the 2008 one. And they had a rotation of Justin Tuck, Matthias Kiwanuka, Osi Yuminura, um, Dave Tollefson. Like, they were just constantly rotating out guys on the end. Mm-hmm. There was just, that was like an unstoppable team until they shot themselves. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and quite frankly, I I don't understand what took them so long to get back to that. So, guys, picks whiffed. You know that that
1: happens. And that's yeah. kind of where that's where we complain about the bad draft classes. The, the end of the Reese the recent administration where these guys just couldn't get on the field and wasted draft picks.
0: Yeah, It it's kind of astounding to think everything from like rounds three through seven were just garbage mostly for him. Mhm. Um, the Giants did pick up a linebacker. You know, with all the the work they did in the secondary, I think a lot a lot of people expected more edge rushers and more linebackers, but they got one of each. Um, it was Ryan Connolly from Wisconsin? Um, uh, I was actually really impressed with this guy. I mean, like most most analysis is like, oh, he's going to be the the special teamer that masquerades as a linebacker, like Mark Herzlich and Chase Blackburn. I don't know, man. He he doesn't wow you with a couple of things, but any any look at his tape, and he's really quick to read and react. He's the first guy in the field to know what's going on, and it allows him to shoot gaps really quickly. He's going to be able to transition to NFL speed faster than any other – certainly anyone else picked around the 140 mark, but – I really think that he's gonna see some some field time, especially given the lack of depth at at linebacker. uh I would say by mid year, especially if this team is starting to struggle, he might be taking reps over bj Goodson. yep now do I think that's gonna happen? no, um but i it wouldn't shock me, especially if the team's doing poorly. but I mean if Goodson gets injured too I could see him just he's he's the kind of guy that you don't pencil in. But then he just starts showing up in practice. You know what I mean? He looks like a hard worker.
1: Let's also kind of recalibrate what our expectations is for everybody, where guys are not busts if they don't crack the starting rotation or the major, you know, in the major rotation by week four or week five of their rookie years. I mean You get free agents to do that. I mean, we're trying to build a roster up, a, a sustained long term roster. So if it takes some of these guys, you know, to week 12 or 13 of their first year or, or really are just big guys their first year altogether. That's okay. So I, you know, my,
0: I think that's closer to expected.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 that's what we expect. But I think the impatient fan who's tired of, you know, making the playoffs once in the last seven years expects to have, you know, seven starters come out of this draft class and that's not realistic. So, oh. When you're saying things like I think he can give some take some time from B.J. Goodson, that's what we're hoping for, and I think that's realistic. I think that's one thing we kind of need to stress to everybody who's listening to this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, just as a recap, I had said last year that Lorenzo Carter, I predicted, would, would start seeing some snaps around like week eight or something like that. I think it only took him to week three, and we were stunned. Yes. Um and and that was a guy that I had, I couldn't believe, fell to the third or wherever they got. Did they get him in third?
1: I think it was a third-round pick, yeah. yeah.
0: I thought he would go higher. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, when I say Ryan Connolly might start getting some snaps for a guy who might be injured or if the team is doing poorly, that's that's a pretty good endorsement. It means he's shown enough in practice. Right. You know. uh, again, it's just when I watch him, he just looks like the kind of guy that, that just works hard at his craft and that's why he's on the field. Um, I think I'm almost positive. He was a walk on as mm. well. And then went to being an all big 10 selection or something like that. Mm. So, I mean that that's, uh, you know, lends credence to what I'm saying. Right. Um, 171st overall, they selected Darius Slayton, a wide receiver from Auburn. Um, I mean the the raw analysis is that he's the fastest thing I've ever seen. He runs a 4.3940. That's ridiculous. Might be the fastest guy the Giants have gotten since David Wilson maybe?
1: Could be. I was just I was trying to think back in the last, you know, 5 to 7 years of a real burner they've had, and I think Wilson would be that guy.
0: Yeah. Um he's he's raw um it doesn't look like he has a very developed route tree, and the more I read about, you know, what he was and wasn't capable of, uh, the the more of a uh, <laughs> criticism of the entire Auburn offense was, you know, to the point where people were apologizing, you know, on behalf of Jarrett Stidham because he just wasn't a fit for a shitty offense with a shitty offensive coordinator, et cetera. So, I mean, I feel like you might be able to speak a little bit more to that, you know, with Auburn.
1: Well, I mean, Auburn's a very, very fluky school where things change on a dime. Like some years Auburn is four and seven and the next year they're in the national championship game. So um I don't think they have a shitty offensive coordinator, or a shitty offensive system. I just think you know, I think stin Stinton was a um he was a, a, a transfer. Came in I think two years ago. I know Florida was in the hunt to get him all, so he ended up going to Auburn and I think he underachieved And um, a lot of it, I think, was blamed on him, part quite honestly, like last year and stuff. So um, I I saw a lot of those same criticisms you did, and I don't think it was necessarily just they were put in a poor position. Hmm. So, so I would not have been, you know, I know Stidham was in like in that second tier of quarterbacks, like in the Will Greer kind of category. I would have rather had a Will Greer than a Jared Stidham,
0: personally. Yeah, I agree with that. I th- I think that um perhaps being in an offense that didn't showcase him well or or utilize his strengths or something like that, you know, and, may have ruined his development a little bit, kind of the same way that um oh man, what's that Penn State guy that ended up going to the Jets? Hackenberg. Hackenberg, yeah. yeah who who is, you know, recruited by bill o'brien and then immediately was left out to dry when bill o'brien took an nfl job so
1: and and some guys just don't pan out even if they have the coaching also it's just kind of like you you peek out in high school sure or you peek out as as, as a sophomore
0: or if you're me you'd never (laughs) peak Um, but Darius but Slayton and what his skill set is, right? I mean, he has a limited route tree right now. I don't think he's going to play much this year at all. You know, d- special teams work, sure. Gunner, yeah, definitely. Maybe returner or something like that given his speed. But I think he's he's the likely replacement for Latimer down the line is what they, they hope for. He's going to be the guy who takes uses speed to take the top off a of defense while you have guys like Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram working underneath. You know, he's the guy who kind of stretches the defense deep and allows them to work underneath, and then he can be the killer too when, uh, you know, the the dagger when needed. Um, I don't see him improving his route tree in just a year, you know, much. Uh, but he will definitely be a much different player at the end of this season than he was coming into this season. I'll say that much. Uh, we we covered uh, Corey Ballantyne. You know, the the last two picks, seventh round picks, you know, you're not going to expect much from them, but I was actually pretty surprised that, uh, you know, what I saw, you know, I, I didn't know anything about George Asifo-Aji, the tackle from Kentucky, but I, I don't know why I was surprised because Kentucky had such a decent ground game this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had one of the best running backs in the SEC last year and, uh, yeah, that usually because of having a good offensive line. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he's not the kind of guy like Barkley is, where he was sort of making shit out of nothing, five yards in the backfield. Right. Um, I mean, he had room to run. Uh, and when I watched uh, the right tackle there, uh, I'll call him George, since I'm not really positive I'm saying his last name right yet. Yeah. Um, he wasn't bad. I mean, he he really squares himself up right. He has good feet. Um, he's had experience at guard as well. He was only a tackle last year. He was a guard the two years prior. Um, he didn't look too bad to me in the Georgia game before leaving. He did leave in midway through the game. Um, you know, there, there's things that he needs to improve on. It's it's obvious why he was a late-round pick. and But they all looked like things that could be improved upon. They didn't look like Eric Flowers-type things like with head down lunging. It was more like pad level too high, you know, Doesn't really have the strength to be a bully in the ground game, but you know, he got himself in the right position. He squares up his shoulders pretty well. He's got good hands. Most importantly, he has really quick feet. You know, I I think in past sets, he's going to do really well. And he attributed that to practicing against Josh Allen every day.
1: Yeah, you just took my line. I was going to say one of the things that he attributed to how he was able to improve his technique and everything was going against Josh Allen in practice. Which he said was harder than most of the the players he played against in the SEC, like on a you know a Saturday by Saturday basis. So,
0: yeah. So, I I actually I mean, for for the people that are saying, I I don't know if it was this pick or Chris Slayton, but somebody on Twitter was like, you do know he's a long shot to make the the practice squad, right? It's like, says who? Our current right tackle was an undrafted free agent. <laughs> yeah. And you know. He's not all that great either. So, I don't think and, and let's not forget that Gentleman has a track record of getting value picks from the offensive line late. So, you know, do I think he's going to be the next Andrew Norwell? No, I didn't say that. And you know, when I scouted Andrew Norwell, I thought he should have been drafted, you know, in the in the 4th or 5th round. So, I I don't know where the ball dropped with the other 32 teams on that one, but you know, this is not a guy that was on anybody's radar. Uh, So, you know, if he becomes a competent starter or at least a stopgap starter, that's still more than you ever expect out of a seventh round pick.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: And and lastly, they they drafted Chris Slayton, a big, big defensive tackle from Syracuse, um, 6'4", 310 pounds. I, I had actually already done advanced scout on him. We had an episode about defensive tackles in which I mentioned him uh, as a late round potential pick to rotate in the defensive line. You know, I thought he was pretty fast for his, his weight. He's disruptive. He gets his hands in there, but he's he's not a pass rusher in the way that most people expect where he has a lot of sacks or he's chasing the quarterback around. He's just disruptive. He fucks up the middle and it screws up the timing. You know, important things that don't ever really make it to a stat sheet. Or or even really a highlight reel for that matter. But definitely, things that get pointed out in a film room, I can I can guarantee, when they're going over play by play, you know, with the with the position groups.
1: I definitely notice a, a sense of trying to have a push up the middle right now. So,
0: yeah, which is interesting because the consensus was that they needed edge rushers. Um, you know, personally, I thought this defense needed talent everywhere. So. I,
1: I, a a gen- a general upgrade would be nice, <laughs> but yeah. it seems like that right now it seems like they're really trying to shore up like you know from the ball out as opposed to out in
0: and I'm fine with that I mean not to mention they did get Marcus Golden to join this team i mean that's if he plays to the form they expect him to, that's a big big addition to the the edge spot. Um, You know, in addition to what you expect from uh, an improvement from Lorenzo Carter over last year, and, you know, they did draft O'Shane Ziminis as well. So, I I, I don't know. I I could see Chris Slayton being rotational. I could see him being a special teams guy. I could see him just going to the practice squad maybe. You know, it's going to be up to him how he gets on the roster.
1: Right. You want to talk about any of the um free agent signings that we picked up after the draft was over?
0: I mean, I only really know one. Um but I thought it was interesting that one of the first ones they got was a center at a Buffalo, James O'Hagan. Um I don't know anything about him. I just thought it was interesting that he was one of the first. You know, it's something that we've highlighted all along that center is not as strong as most of the fan base thinks just because they like um John Alapio.
1: Yeah. And they're familiar with him. Yeah. it's one of those
0: um, but, I mean, C.J. Conrad, the tight end from Kentucky, is the guy that we had a whole episode about tight ends. I spent, like, ten minutes talking about him. Yes. Yeah. Um, I – I, you know, the Giants have had Scott Simonson on the roster for, like, two years now. They clearly value what Rhett Ellison kind of does. He's – you know, he's functional in the passing game. He runs decent routes. He's got good hands. But he's, he's a blocker. And, you know, that's kind of what Scott Simonson is and – Rhett Ellison's not going to be here forever, I think they I think they want another tight end like that, yeah,
1: I mean yeah there are there are guys like Ellison that feel like you know that passing the baton has to happen soon, and I think you know that's what they're preparing for with these picks,
0: yeah, I think that was actually the pick where somebody told me he was a long shot to make the practice squad, and I said, don't bet on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know any of the other guys, I mean Missouri tackle. Um, a running back from Rutgers.
1: Don't know. <laughs> That's why I ask you. Yeah, uh, I
0: mean, we got we got somebody named Reggie White. That name seems familiar, right? <laughs> yeah, is a wide receiver from Monmouth.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say for Reggie White if it was 1989, I'd be very excited. But
0: <laughs> yeah, um, well, I don't know. Do you know anything about Long Island CW Post? I know where the school is. That's about it. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, I thought maybe you might have some connections there.
1: <laughs> I have any connections for them? <laughs> I
0: have no idea. Didn't you grow up on Long Island?
1: Yeah, thirty years ago.
0: Whatever. <laughs> call up, call up your buddies. Tell, them, tell, them to tell you all about Jake Carlock. <laughs> I'll put an APB out and
1: see if anybody uh, there you go answers the bat signal for it. So. <laughs>
0: Um, I mean, that's pretty much it. So, you know, overall, how did you feel about the draft? I mean, do you feel like we upgraded some spots that need to be upgraded? Are you okay with – are you more okay with what the roster looks like?
1: Well, I, I feel after every draft I feel better. The the, the roster's upgraded. Um, I like the emphasis on the secondary. We, that, we, that was one of the things we really targeted as a real need. Um, I mean – you're right. And as much as we kind of kind of downplayed a little bit, this draft is ultimately going to be determined by how well Daniel Jones is. Yeah. And I think we both kind of said we, we liked next year's class better. Yeah. And as we earlier said, drafting Daniel Jones does not mean we are out of the sweepstakes next year. I mean if we have a really shitty year – like I don't see us – if we have like the 16th pick, I don't see us – using a lot of draft capital to get up into the top three to get a quarterback. But if, you know, all the Eli namesayers are out there are right. And Eli has a terrible year, or if he gets hurt and this team ends up three and 13, we're going to be right in that range that we could pick, you know, one of those marquee quarterbacks next year. And it, it is a possibility. So sure. situation situations. Re- you have to change based upon your situation. And I, I, Gettleman is a a good enough gm to know that you know where the state of the Giants on april 29th, two thousand and twenty may be vastly different than it is in april 29th, two thousand nineteen uh,
0: you know Dave Gettleman said before the draft that the this class was thick at the uh the corner position, and yeah i don't know he said some other ones. But you know, a lot of people thought that that meant that they could go late with some of those picks. And I, I thought that it was going to be that they were going to double up on them. Now, I'm not sure that he knew right away that it was going to be like that other than he thought that there was going to be some value late where doubling up was going to be worth it. You know, if they had gotten three edge rushers in this draft and they were certainly the talent to do it, I would have been just as fine with that as I am with the, the secondary choices. Like you said, you know, we had pointed out how thin that was. Just the same as our edge rusher depth is, I would say. Um, but it's that they were able to get guys that were really talented. I mean, Julian Love, I don't think anyone thought would go to the fourth round. Uh, apparently, everybody thought that Corey Ballantyne would go in the fourth round. They got him in the sixth. So the fact that they got three really good, highly regarded corners... You know, it's not that they had addressed the depth. It's that they waited and they they saw what fell and where that they could address depth. And since this team is so poor and depth needed to be addressed everywhere, they didn't panic to fill every position of need. They just got really good players. Yeah. I thought that they played the draft really well. Now, obviously grading any sort of draft immediately after is pointless as we saw, you know, the corner almost got shot and killed already. So
1: <laughs> not uh, to sound harsh, but it is true.
0: I mean, we were around for when Chad Jones, his whole career was disabled like a week after the draft, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a, you know, a freak thing, car accident that the tire got stuck in a train track or something, but you know, we'll, we'll grade the draft when we see how these guys pan out. But I thought that the way they sat and waited and they took what fell to them. I thought they addressed some of the, the problems really well. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, g- g- grades should be given out based on how well draft picks stick on the roster, how they become starters, how they become, you know, Pro Bowlers, how do they last through their next contract. It's not just instant reaction. Did they match up to what a mock draft said? I mean, those are the yardsticks of how well your draft has. It's not sexy to say that the day of a draft, but it is
0: it is the measuring stick you need to use. Yeah, I agree. Um because what's a me- using a mock draft of, as a measuring stick is pointless because like it's just an opinion.
1: Yeah.
0: There's nothing well, all, to back it up.
1: Well, it's also taking every team into equal account. It's kind of like, you know, the Giants are not drafted. It's not the draft is not just for the 12th best player getting the 13th best player. It's the player that they need, you know. Yeah based upon the system that they're trying to run, the depth issues they have, what they're trying to build. You know, do they, you know, if they are set at quarterback and they don't take a quarterback, that I mean, they're taking the second best player in the draft. They're taking what they what they need for their roster. So a lot of people just fall into that trap. And again, a lot of the, as you call them, the big big necks, or what do you call
0: uh, uh The no necks.
1: The no necks, you know, they just, you know, they're going to, they've been following Mel Kuyper since, February they've been reading all the different you know the standard ones which you know hey Mel Kuyper said he was a second round pick why they take him in the first round makes no sense it's yeah you
0: know. you're right yeah it's it's really not a good yardstick to use mm-hmm um, so that's that's pretty much it for this episode Um, as always you can follow me on Twitter at football underscore grump where I interact I kind of react to whatever headlines news people um i'm pretty active on there so you can follow me there
1: (laughs) you can find me as always on twitter at the cranky fan where i will be more and more active as we get back into the swing of things i was out for a little bit uh had a little bit of a headache but i am all better now so i will be back uh discussing more about the draft talking about my tampa bay rays uh all sorts of stuff happening out there so
0: as always this show is available on iTunes SoundCloud and uh, Podbean and coming soon to Google Play so make sure that you follow along and listen for free by you know signing up for any one of those again it's free to listen to our show so you know you can enjoy that on your way to work in the morning you know before you're let down for the rest of the day by work. <laughs> it's
1: tough when the best part of your day is the drive to work
0: listening yeah. to us yeah um <clears throat> but yeah, so coming soon to Google Play. So that'll be a, a nice little thing. But in the interim, we're going to be taking a week off. This was actually a really exhausting uh draft process, especially three first round picks, I think really is what took took me out of the, the game there. <laughs> um but when we come back, we will be on Google Play as well as, you know, our staple things of SoundCloud, iTunes and Podbean. And um we'll kind of go over the state of the roster, you know, post draft now and uh, some of the OTAs will have already started so we'll probably have some news headlines to go over as well
1: yeah we'll kind of look at we'll also start thinking about like what the rest of the division did too that'll be one thing kind of what they you know some of their picks some of their high points uh, uh, things they addressed issues they had so
0: yeah yeah and and that's going to be you know very very closely linked to the Giants especially in light of you know Washington signing Landon Collins and drafting Dwayne Haskins so
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, Dwayne Hassons is always going to be linked to us,
0: really, for no reason.
1: It's it's like this because, again, all you people—that's all you heard for two months. You thought he was going to be a giant, so now he's going to have this linking to us. So,
0: yep. But in the meantime, enjoy the good weather that's coming up, and go Giants. go Giants.